Today's anecdotal experience is sponsored by NatureBox. NatureBox has healthy snacks that taste almost as good as grocery store snacks. Be careful to not eat an entire box of vanilla nut wafers, because no snack is healthy if you have no self-control and eat 9 servings of it. Today on the Anecdotal Experience Podcast, I thank everyone that shared the 100th episode. There were a bunch of people that shared it. People were people said stuff like, I'm proud of this guy. Uh, that felt good. Um, I think if my dad had Facebook, I think he would have done the same. He listens to every episode. He's listening right now. I love you, Dad. Today we have Mark Callie on the podcast. Mark, I'm at an open mic. He's nice. He's a nice guy. All I really want to do is talk to nice people, and this is a good avenue to talk to nice people about their lives, and Mark is a nice guy, and he had an interesting life. Up to this point, now he's all grown up, well-adjusted, and boring. He's got it all figured out, but we talk about our times when we were less mature and more broke. What I'm trying to say now is I'm rich. And Mark's rich too. We talk about how rich you are. After my, you're a man after my own heart, dude. Man I, after your own bladder. Yeah, dude. It's I don't know that why organ in particular, man. I I'm the same. Like I can't even go out and enjoy myself because I piss so much. I can go out and enjoy myself if there's a convenient bathroom nearby. If you know what's really awesome now is that there are private bathrooms. I feel like that's the new trend is not to have just like a the giant communal. Right. Everyone's yeah. coming in and pissing and talking about sports while you're, yeah. you know, that's what I like. I can't like there used to be a bar here in Cincinnati called Neons. That was just like a trough. And that's what you had to do. <laughs> like a literal trough. Like it wasn't a literal. Trough. Was it full of ice? Because that's a thing where Even, I'm from. No. It Have you wasn't ever seen that? that. I've seen it. Yeah. But that's like, I'll go, I'll find a back alley. I'll find a back alley and pee there. That's what I'll do. That that's almost got me arrested once. Yeah, I know. You can actually become a sex offender doing that. I know. Yeah. Thank God I'm not a sex offender. Dude, I am Look a sex offender, <laughs> sex offender, but for you're completely an, different reasons. You're an unregistered sex offender? No, I'm registered. <laughs> um, no, if I were to be a sex offender, it'd be for just pissing in an alley. Yeah. Exactly. That's Dude. bullshit that that can get you sex offender status. It is. It sucks. Insane. Insane. The world. Do, are you a shy peer? No. Fuck no. No, you go anywhere. Fuck. Really? No. You're just a frequent peer. I, I grew up in a household where bathroom doors were never closed. I grew up in a household where like my mom's taking a shit and she's like, Mark, come here. That's disgusting. I dude. need you to do, come here. I need you to do some chores and I need you to take note of what I'm saying. Where and are you from? I'm from Odessa, Texas. All right. Are you, does that like country folk? Uh, Was your mom's got the bathroom door open? It's hanging wide open. That's disgusting, dude. Butt naked. You've seen my mom butt naked a million times in my life from a child. Have you seen your mom's boobs? Fucking millions of times. But seen my dad's dick. Like, we, my, I grew up in a completely a religious household. Okay. No shame, no bashfulness. That's not very country, which is interesting. It's not country at all. I was very, very, my family was very unique for West Texas where I grew up. I grew up out in the middle of the desert. It's not a small town. Like, yeah. it, it sounds like it's, it's a small town, but it's like, you know, it's 100,000 plus or whatever. It's a small city. Yeah. But it's just a shithole. No culture. 
Right. But growing up, everybody was Christian, and I was never talked to about Jesus as a kid. No? No. You never got any of it? No. No. My family never talked to me. My family had a religion, and that religion was hard work. Don't be a piece of shit. Get a job. Fucking do something for yourself. Make yourself a living. Right. And don't be a fucking sponge or, or a leech. That's Texas, dude. That's Texas That's super fuck. Texas. That's oil filled, bro. Right. That's, That's like, the real deal. Yeah. I get that, though. Yeah. I mean, there's so much of that in me where I'm like, people should work more. My dad's just like the most logical motherfucker mm-hmm. on earth that religion would never work for. You know what I mean? He's just like, that yeah. makes no fucking sense. Fuck faith. I'm all yes. about money. There's no money in that shit. The preacher's getting, they're passing around the collection plate. I'm not putting money in that shit. Yeah, he's a cynical bastard. Cynical as fuck. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. Faith and logic are completely contradictory. They are. And you, you know what? I'm not mad that. at either. Like, yeah. yeah, I grew up without religion. I totally respect people's beliefs. Yeah. But as a kid, it was funny because I would fuck around once in a while and make the mistake of spending the night with one of my friends on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Not thinking because Sunday morning for me was just wake up and skateboard. Yeah. So I would wake up to like, hey, Mark, get up. Grab one of Chris's collared shirts. We're going to the fucking First Baptist Church. Yeah. And I can't tell you the amount of mornings where they like showed up, dropped us off to church, and I like went and sat down and was like, hey, where's the bathroom in this place? And just fucking bailed and walked, yeah. walked home. How I, old are you? Oh, man, anywhere from like six or seven to like 14 you know all yeah. of my friends families like forced them to go to church what didn't you i have a i have reasons i don't like church what are your reasons for not enjoying church so i i didn't i didn't enjoy church because i was never talked to about any of this faith shit and, okay. and jesus or anything and uh i remember being in sunday school once when i was like maybe 10 years old my yeah. brother was 12 whatever he's a couple of years older than me and um we're in this Sunday school class. We're all sitting around circle Indian style. And this right. woman's telling us about Jesus. And well, she's actually talking about the garden of Eden mm-hmm. and she's talking about Adam and Eve. And she Start said from the beginning and she exactly mm-hmm. going way back. Yeah. And she said, so Adam and Eve, you know, they, they mated. I don't remember the exact terminology. Yeah. They made, and they fucked right yeah, yeah they fucked i'm editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> no my dad the context of the bible and saying the word fucking your dad listens way. to the show oh yeah and he'd be angry about that no he'd be like joe you know <laughs> it's just something i don't want to i don't want to put him through it you know fuck we're already editing All no right. you're fine anyway so you're you're getting so told, yeah so yeah. i'm getting told about how humanity started right right according to the bible humanity started with two people yep and so I was 10 years old and smart enough at 10 years old, probably smarter than I am now, to yeah. say, so we're all products of incest? Okay. I got kicked out of that Sunday school class along with my brother. They made us leave. You said incest. I said incest. And they were like, you got to beat it. Because I knew what that was. Right. Because of something that had happened like a week before. I don't remember the exact thing, but like. What I, happened, dude? No, I don't remember. What but happened I, in your life I, that, you, that your parents <laughs> had to explain incest to you? It was something like that. Because my, I remember I always hung with the adults as a kid. Like my okay. parents didn't, my parents didn't censor themselves around me. Mm-hmm. And they allowed me and my brother to hang out with their friends while they were drinking and partying and shit. Okay. Not really party. My parents didn't party, but I mean, they had friends over to dinner and drink. Yeah, and, where incest might come up. And, and they were talking about that. Right. And, and I remember hearing the word incest. Right. And I said, what is incest? Oh, And my okay. mom goes, so 
You don't mind your uncle Dennis. When a brother and sister love each other very much. (laughs) Yeah. It was something like, it was like when two people who are, who are related. Yeah. Have children and that's not supposed to happen. That was kind of the way it was put to me. Got it. And I was like, okay. And then the minute that lady said that, that all women came from Adam and Eve, the first thought in my mind was, well, their kids committed incest. Right. I didn't feel like Adam and Eve committed oh, incest. Oh, no, yes. You I, I would saying? agree with that. Yes, yes. So instantaneously in my head, as a kid at 10 years old, having had that explained to me like four days earlier, yeah, I went, wait a second, Adam and Eve's kids had incest? And the lady that was teaching the Sunday school put the fucking kibosh on it. Right. And sent me and my brother. My brother didn't say shit. She's like, yeah, take your brother with you and get yeah, out of here. he's probably got some Your grandma lives too. across the street. He can go. He, you guys can go over to your grandma's house and hang out until Sunday school's over. Right. Well, that's, it's like um, you, your brain puts that together and you kind of just want to brag about, hey, I know what this is. Right. And I'm this just trying is to sound smart at 10 years old because I was the 10 year old who always related to the adults. I was a stand-up comic in the living room of my parents' house at 10 years old. Like, that was my thing. My mom would be like, come in here and tell them some jokes, Mark. Yeah. This kid's hilarious. From the shitter, right? <laughs> From the shitter. Yeah, okay. Same. She's like, I'm on the shitter. Go in the living room. Your mom <laughs> sounds lovely, by the way. She's fantastic. She's my favorite person on the planet. Yeah, my mom is mine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it Sorry, sounds Dad. weird. It sounds weird. But we were just very freewheeling folk. We didn't give a shit about that. Stuff. There's no modesty in my family. You know, like yeah. I don't care. I don't give a shit about being naked around people. I, I skinny dip. I don't care. I don't really find any problem. I'm just not modest, you know? Yeah. That was, I feel like the value. reason why a lot of people are modest is because they grew up with the shame of religion of like, you know, that's, I don't know, man. I have none of that. I'm unfettered morally. That's why I like, I, t- uh, like I sometimes don't appeal to people because I forget that not everybody just has as open a mind as me. You know? Yeah, and you make people uncomfortable. Sometimes I think I do. But at the same time, I think more often I make people comfortable because they're like, oh, this guy's very, like, Yeah, if you seem comfortable, it's yeah. contagious. And people, yeah. if you seem tense and awkward, that'll make people be like, oh, the- this guy is, I'm trying to make him feel comfortable and I'm in an uncomfortable position trying to make sure he's cool. And why is he talking about this stuff if he's not comfortable with it? Right. I'm, I'm totally weirded out. <laughs> so you've seen your mom's boobs. Jugs. And it was just like, like regularly. Monday. Dad's dick, Monday. mom's boobs everywhere. But it wasn't like, you know, hey kid, look at my dick. It was like, Mom's in her room getting ready and getting dressed. Right. And she needs to fucking talk to me because I'm a piece of shit and I haven't taken out the trash or mowed the lawn or anything. And she's like, come in here. I want to talk to you. Hey. All right. And I'd stand outside in the hallway sometimes just because I didn't want to be. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, no, it was it wasn't weird at all. That's funny. I think now I there are certain. I mean, it's all what you're used to, really. Yeah. Because if eventually. Like, I mean, I'll talk to my mom with the bathroom door open or yeah. I'll walk around in my underwear or I'll run through the house full nude. Like when I was in high school, Quickly. it was like I'd be dirty from soccer practice or something like yeah. that. So she'd be like, take your clothes off in the laundry room and then run to the shower. And yeah. I'd be, it would be like not a big deal. Yeah. You know, it's, not. it's all what you're used to. I mean, I'm 38 years old and yeah. I'll go visit my family and... I'll get there and I'll dump all my clothes into the laundry. Yeah. And like, I'll go take a shower and I get done with the shower. I dry off and I just wander naked back through the kitchen into the laundry room looking for my laundry. Does it occur to you that there might be other people in the house? No, if there was other people in the house, I would not be like for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm I'm totally not just like 
I'm not going to try to make anyone feel uncomfortable, but I know my mom's not going to feel uncomfortable just seeing me pass through the kitchen butt naked. Exactly. She's yeah. not going to bat an eye. She's no, not even. She ain't seen before. She's not going to look. Yeah. yeah. She's just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your clothes are ready. I think. Go check the dryer. Fucking asshole. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's not weird. I don't know. Dude, that's funny. I remember like one time. This is really funny. Um, I think this happened. I think it happened more than once, but it's not a false memory. I, it could be, I don't know. I'm sure like it happened. I don't know how many times, like I'm, I was so used to seeing my dad's going to listen to this. I was so (laughs) used to seeing him, my dad in, he would wear whitey tighties and a white V-neck around the house. That's, that's dad shit. That's dad shit, dude. He just like, you know, that's to use comfortable in days yeah. over. But we'd like have friends over and stuff and he'd be sitting at his computer. So he'd just be sitting at his computer and like people would walk in that through. same wardrobe. Yeah, dude. And he just like people would walk to the front door and he'd just say, no, he'd say, oh, pardon my attire. And then continue to like surf <laughs> the Internet. And it was like, I don't think it was ever. I don't think it was Alf to ask him, but I don't think a woman or a girl ever come over, like came over and saw that. Right. But I know there were times when like one of my dude friends would he just be like, oh, pardon my attire. Cause like it's his fucking house. And now that you're getting older, you realize like a guy that age yeah. does not give a fuck. No. Is he, is he going to be embarrassed by your dipshit teenage friend seeing him in his fucking underdraws? No. Yes. I think the only thing that he would be afraid of is if it were a girl and she were to come in. He would, wouldn't want to embarrass her. Yeah. He'd be more respectful. make her uncomfortable. Right, right. So I think if it was that context. But other yeah. than that, if it's just like a dude, just like, well, if you don't like me in my underwear, go to a different friend's house. Because that's. <laughs> well, I'm, at least he, even, he apologized. Yeah, pardon my attire. Pardon my attire. He was like recognizing the fact that yeah. like you, you got to see this though, like you know. But understand, <laughs> I live here. I bought this house. You're you're from Cincinnati, right? No, I'm from Indiana, like northern oh, okay. Indiana. So not far, but this is this is a very different environment than where I'm from because like most of the people I meet here, I say where you're from, and they're like Cincinnati, born and raised. Yeah, you're right. And they're like, t- where'd you go? That's a question. I'll ask. Yeah, in yeah. The, the in the town I live in. If you meet somebody who's actually from there, they're like a fucking white elephant. Like they're like oh really in Texas in Austin. Oh, in Austin now. Yes, that I is live a in very... Austin, and it's an immigrant city. Yeah, I mean nobody. That's a very different thing about Cincinnati to Austin. Like yeah. nobody in Austin's from Austin. Like yeah. I know like four people in Austin that are from from there, born and raised. Right. Everybody's from somewhere else, including myself. Mm-hmm. But in Cincinnati, like most of the people I meet are like, man, born and raised in this. Dude, fucking it's joint. it's interesting. Yeah, it is very because I used to live in L.A. I did too. Nobody. Yeah, nobody's from L.A. Everyone's no. wearing like Michigan shirts. You go on like a Saturday to a bar and it's everyone's wearing like IU stuff. Yeah. I'm like, what is the matter here? <laughs> like nobody gives a shit about the Rams. Nobody gives a shit about like maybe the Clippers, but they're not diehard Clippers fans. Yeah. Because they just like came here. Nobody's yeah. like a real Angelino. I think that's cool though. I liked that. I appreciated the fact. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's something that I don't know. Like I was hanging out with one of my friends. And she was on Tinder, okay? Mm-hmm. And she's flipping back and forth and she's I'm swiping. Like, whatever the f- yeah. I don't know. I'm not even on Tinder. Yeah. I just it's, I it, it's I it's am, a pop culture. Whatever. Thing. I just like I'm kinda of proud that I messed up what you <laughs> the vernacular. <laughs> but she's swiping left and right and I notice that she has like three hundred mutual friends. 
400 mutual friends, 200 mutual friends with all of these dudes on Tinder. I'm like, what? This is my nightmare. Yeah. This is insane. You're like flipping and you know this person, you probably know them. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's so weird. It almost feels like incesty. Yeah. Because Do you know what you, I'm saying? You, you really, if you're on a dating site, you really want strangers. It's almost like if I'm on a dating site, yeah. which I have been, but I don't do Tinder because I'm not a Facebook guy, but I have like done like OkCupid. Okay. And when I see someone on there that I actually know in the real world, I'm like, I'm going to be so embarrassed that they know I looked at them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. You know? So, There's like a weird shame to it. Does yeah. it tell, does it like alert them? Well, when you look at someone, they see that you viewed them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you just tap, like I'll see a picture of somebody like, that person looks kind of familiar. And I tap in, I'm like, oh fuck, I work with that person. God damn it. Now they know I'm trolling for puss on OkCupid, you know? Yeah. But is that the, I mean, are you trolling for puss or are you looking for love? Whatever. Do they know? <laughs> no, I they think don't on know. They don't yeah, know. it's not like my profile says like, "Hey, ladies, I'm here right. trolling for puss," you know. But, yeah, but um, sometimes like if you have like a Tinder account, a lot of people are like, "Well, you're you know you're I trolling for that, puss. I hear that's kind of hookupy. Yeah, I mean it's whatever you want it to be though. Exactly. No, you exactly, know? exactly. But, Everything is whatever you want it to be when it comes to love and war. You know what I mean? There's no yeah. fucking. There's no set format. There's no like this thing is for this thing. Yeah. Unless it's like a gay site, because I know I grew up in the theater and I yeah. know shit tons of gay dudes and they're like, yeah, I'm just trying to fuck dudes. Yeah. I think there grinder, some... there's like a, there's like a, what's the word? An understanding. Understanding, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I mean, either way though, it's whatever you want to do with it. And that's not me. You don't being, owe anyone anything. That's not me being, uh, um, prejudiced or, 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 uh, generalizing about gay people because many, 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 many of my best friends are gay. And I can tell you right now, they're just as hookup-y as any of the rest of us straighties. So they're like, grinder is where you get fucked. Yeah. There's other sites where you try to find a guy to be with for the rest of your Christian life. Christian Mingle. There you go. <laughs> J-Date. Yeah. You know? On J-Date, yep. Christian Mingle, Catholic Match. These, you know, these sites have their purpose. And for the gay man, grinder is for fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, you know, learn the rules. Yeah. yeah. No, that's like, it is funny. I think I, I had that because I've been on Tinder before and I've like swiped past people I've known, but I'm like, you don't know why I'm here and I don't care why you think I'm here. It doesn't matter. I'm here. You're here. Yeah. Who cares? doesn't matter at that point. Why would I be ashamed of that? Yeah. Some people are, are embarrassed of it. They're like, make fun of me when I was like using it. And I'm like, dude, I don't. Like, whatever, man. I'm living my life. I enjoy this app. It's fun. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't know what you think I'm trying to do with it. Maybe I am trying to do that with it. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter. My thing is, like, I will use any excuse or methodology possible to potentially meet somebody that I might have fun with. Because, yeah. and, and I don't, and, and I'm not even talking about just uh, the my preferred sexual, you know, gender yeah. being female. I fucking... I, I do most of my social networking in bars and campfires and shit like that. Yeah. I'm always looking for somebody that I can kick it with and share a good time with. I don't, you know what I mean? Right. It doesn't have to be about that. And I've met people on OkCupid that totally just became buds of mine. 
Right. There was no sexual aspect to it at all. We ended up hanging out and being like, yeah, we're not fucking, but you're pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Like we can hang out, you know? Yeah, totally. It's, uh, yeah. And that's, I think that's awesome. It is a little, there isn't a platonic dating site. And I've talked to people about this because sometimes. Why don't you launch one and get rich? Um, you know, I don't have a lot of time, but. I've thought about it for sure. At the same time, though, let's let's really analyze that and say, okay, maybe they're all platonic dating sites, depending on what you want to do with it, right? As but, we as we okay. just said, everyone's got a different aim, right? You're right. So there's like people that are there, like you know, on OkCupid, for instance, you can say, "Why are you here?" And you can choose like all of the above, like short term dating, long term dating, mm. just friends, oh. uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. And some people only choose just friends. Yeah. And they'll say, yeah, I'm just here to meet new people. And I'm like, cool, I can respect that. That's fine. You know, interesting. So you kind of let your intentions be known to a certain extent with that, unless you Got check it. all. And then it's like, well, it's still a mystery. But I, I, I like that. I think I checked all because I was like, I'm here for whatever. Because you were there for all. Yeah. All the above. All the above. But yeah. Okay. So that's different than any I've only used. I think I, yeah, I've only really been on Tinder because it's easy to get into. Yeah. And I was far more on the side of just like looking for people to meet and connect with and stuff and yeah. not as super like, yeah. But you're right then, because there is that romantic context. Even if it is you matched or you not matched, but okay, Cupid, your intentions and you filled the box for just looking for friends. There's still that context which we talked about, which is we're on a dating site, dude. Yeah, you know. So if you if there was something for platonic relationships, it's like, oh, you like Dave Matthews, I like Dave Matthews. Let's just talk about Dave Matthews for a while. And crash maybe into me, for God's sakes. Just come over here and crash into me, baby. Well, and you know what else, too? It, that certainly could serve as a buffer, right? Yes. So th- they give you an out. You know right. what I mean? Like, okay, Cupid's giving you an out. Yes. So you could go on the date with that person. Yeah. And a girl sees me in person and goes, you know what? I, I said on the site that I was just here for friends. Yes. That's never happened specifically. I mean, at least not, she hasn't verbally said that, but like, right. There's a lot of flakiness on those sites too, which is kind of annoying, which is kind of why I don't use them very often. I kind of like, just, uh, let's talk about flakiness. Oh my God. I'm from Austin, Texas, the fucking capital of flaky. I think LA is the capital. Of flaky. Well, LA let's is the capital honest, of flaky, man. but Austin is LA, Texas. So I think I made plans to hang out with, I'm going to say 30 people and hung out with this one dude. Yeah. This one dude yeah. was the only guy that came through. Yeah. LA is the capital of Flaky. You're right. It is hard to drive there. Fuck. So. I lived there for five fucking years. Maybe, you know what? It may be what it is. It's what? the same thing correlation with people being flaky and people being like immigrants is the fact that nobody really has these deep connections and they're kind of reluctant to invest. I don't know. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. You lived in LA for five years. Yeah. So you get it. I get it. I was broke the whole fucking time. Yeah. I lived there for only like eight months and I was, I was super broke. LA people were like, what'd you think about LA? And I was like, LA is a fucking great city. I really do like it. Yeah. I have a lot of family there actually too. Mm -hmm. But if, if you have a lot of money, yeah. If you make over a hundred thousand dollars a year, yeah. Go enjoy LA. Right. Any, you, anything you want is there at a fucking moment's notice. But when you're a fucking struggling actor and you're not doing shit 
Oh man. It's rough. It's sad. I lived there for like five years. I got laid once. Oh yeah? I'm not shitting. Five years laid once? Yeah. You had sex one time? One well, with one person. Ah, okay. All right. I got laid multiple times with one person. Interesting. Terrible because I just wasn't I didn't have a fucking dime. I'm not kidding. My primary mode of entertainment when I lived in LA was the fucking Los Angeles library system. I read a lot of books. That's living in LA. Okay. I mean, it was downtown great. library. Uh, I lived. Yeah, I lived. There, it's a dope ass library. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of, I lived yeah. on the corner of third and Alvarado for a while. I don't know if you know where that is. St. Vincent's medical center, South of echo park. Okay. Yeah. Shittiest neighborhood in Los Angeles. Were you an actor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you were, and you were broke, broke because what were I you doing for food to like ramen figure- noodles. Okay. I lived in an apartment that was $375 a month in a neighborhood where I saw two dead bodies. Did you really? I swear to Christ. What's that experience like? Swear to Christ who I don't believe in. Yeah. Um, So you're lying. (laughs) I wish I was. I lived next door to a hotel called the Royal Viking Motel. Okay. Motel. Yeah. It was just a cracked in. And um, I'd hear screaming and insanity and stuff from next door a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And one night, uh, yeah, there was some dead hooker laying by the swimming pool, and I saw the cops scrape her up. No way. Yeah. And then another night, I got home, and I parked my car. I had to park in a street. I didn't, I, in the street, I didn't even have, like, parking at my apartment. Yeah. So sometimes I had to park, like, three blocks away and walk. And, uh, yeah, fucking dead body with a bunch of people gathered around it. Calling no the way. Cops. Twice. Yeah. Creepy shit. Terrible neighborhood. On multiple occasions, I got pulled over by the police in that neighborhood, and they're like, what are you doing here? Right. And I had to show them my ID to prove that I actually lived at that address. What are you doing here? I'm living. I'm living and I'm a broke fucking actor. And yeah. they'd be like, you're in the wrong neighborhood, white boy. And I'm like, yeah. I know. I know. I'm fully aware of that. You don't need to remind me that I'm in the wrong neighborhood. Right. Um, it was it was, it was, was bad, but LA is a cool city. I like it. Dude, yeah. I, I just wish that I had had money when I lived there. That's, you know, it's funny. You know, it was, I'm going to talk about me for a second. Okay. Super. Talk about you for a couple minutes. Go ahead. You know what? It will be. All right. So uh, (laughs) I, cause I used, I used to live there. Okay. And I'd like, you know, I'd go to Venice beach. I go to Santa Monica. I lived in Hollywood and I'd be all these places Yeah. and I was broke. You know, I mean, I was working, you know, did all sorts of stuff for money. And, but everywhere I'd go, I'd go visit and I was broke and I didn't have anything. Uh, So it was always kind of like hard to enjoy anything when you don't have any money or you're always worried about money. You're anxious about it. It's hard to even, even when you spend your money, it's still hard to even enjoy what you bought. Yep. So now where I work, I go out there quite a bit. Okay. And I stay on the beach. All right. I stay on the beach. I work there on the beach, like right in the office right there. That's nice. Yeah. And I buy tons of shit and I expense it. And it's the most like redeeming thing. It's like getting there. revenge for those eight months you live there as a broke ass. It is. It's so interesting because it's like, dude. Yeah. Like, fuck you, Los Angeles. <laughs> In a way. Now I'm doing it. Yeah. It's like I figured it out. Now yeah. I'm going to eat at this restaurant and not sweat it. And I, it feels, it's weird, man, but it does feel really rewarding and redeeming to be like, all right, you can't defeat me. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Do you get that? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Because I'm in a much different place income wise in my life now. Right. I could live in LA now and still and, and have fun right. with my current income. Yeah. You could experience it. I could, but I don't want to live there because I just don't think it fits my lifestyle anymore. Right. But I do love it. I mean, I, I like the city a lot. Yeah. I spent Thanksgiving in Los Angeles with my family, actually. Yeah. Uh, in Compton. That's actually where mm. my family lives. Oh, my really? family lives in Compton, Whittier, and Long Beach. Yeah. So all South LA. <laughs> Your, yeah, you, okay. Yeah. Believe it or not, it's true. Yeah, we had a Compton Thanksgiving. Are awesome. you related to Ice Cube? No, uh, I wish I was. But I have met Dr. Dre. Have you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, good guy. Mm. Good guy. Mm. Um, yeah, I lived in LA and I worked as an actor. Well. <laughs> What'd you just like go to audition stuff? I went to a million auditions. Yeah. Um, I played Eminem on Mad TV. Did you really? You can you can YouTube Mad TV duets, everybody who's listening to this show, and uh, watch the one that's Elton John, Eminem, the like Olive Branch concert where they like made made nice and hugged yeah. each other. Stan. Yeah, and I, yeah. I play Eminem and Will, really? Will Sasso plays Elton John. And then there was a Dido episode where like his mom's a crazy stalker and she's got a room plastered with photos of him and they're all photos of me. Yeah. Like there was just no one on that show that could pass as Eminem at the time. Really? Nobody. Nobody. There was okay. fucking, there, there was no, the one white male like that was on the show was that one guy with the dark hair who's like 6'5 and real wacky. Like, oh, there's McDonald. No, yeah, there's yeah. no way he could pass as an Eminem. So they held auditions and uh, they just picked me from like, just from like a head shop. Right. But the weirdest thing about that show is that I showed up to do it and they gave me my little, you know, my little dressing room with a little basket of apples and bottled water and yeah. shit. And I'm hanging out in there and like people were coming in and say hi to me. And there's a, there was an actress named Stephanie something. Stephanie. She was the one. Weir? With, Stephanie Weir. Yeah. She's from Odessa, Texas. Is she really? Swear to Christ. She is from. No o way. I didn't even know that. And I liked the show and I watched the show and she came in and she's like, I heard you were from Texas. And I was like, yeah. She's like, where? And I said, Odessa. And she's like, I graduated from Odessa High School. No I was way. Like, I did too. Crazy. I swear to God, it's a true did story. For a second you can, there, you, you can think Wikipedia you made her. It. Oh, dude, I don't think you would crazy. lie about knowing Stephanie. It's Weir. crazy. Yeah. I don't know her. She, it was a merely an introduction. Yeah. The crazy thing is not that I met her. It's that she's also from my home fucking town. So weird. That is bizarre. That was a bizarre experience. So weird. And then another bizarre. It's, it Sorry. is weird. It's yeah. weird. It's anyway. weird. It's weird as fuck. Yeah. And the, the other bizarre experience was that I worked on a movie called Friday Night Lights, which is set in my hometown. Star, oh, that's a good movie starring dude. billy bob thornton yeah and i actually got to work for like four days alongside billy bob yeah and it was the most surreal experience of my life because i was living in la right and i was going to my hometown you're like pretending do. oh did you oh you actually did it it was, it was on film location there? it was on location no, in my bizarre. hometown isn't that weird who were you in that movie uh, nobody i didn't even appear in the final cut okay i had one scene in the movie mm -hmm. in a locker room where i had like two lines it was nothing it yeah was, don't get me wrong it was nothing right two lines with um not billy bob but the assistant coach Okay. It was literally like Billy Bob and the assistant coach were having this heated exchange. Right. And like the assistant coach turns to me and he's like, get the fucking guys in here and fucking blah, blah, blah. And I'm yeah. like, all right. And like, it was like two, you know, it was nothing. Yeah. And they cut that entire scene from the whole movie. Yeah. So that's the way it goes in Hollywood sometimes is that 
people that's still cool though pe- people don't think about it people don't realize it but like movies are originally way fucking longer than they end up being right and they shoot a lot of stuff that eventually they just trim the fat and go that whole storyline leaves were you bummed about that no i didn't give a fuck you didn't care no why not because the cool experience was doing it okay it was just cool to do it i got to hang out with billy bob thornton every night he had this really extravagant trailer yeah at the stadium the high school football stadium in my hometown we were shooting there for like four days and uh we shot it was, it was like literally i had gone to this place as a kid and watched football games you know right. what i mean and i mean i'm there with peter berg who directed it who directs all those fucking marky mark movies now like the fucking okay, yeah, Deepwater yeah. horizon and all that shit and uh he was directing the movie and billy bob was there and billy bob is like one of the coolest fucking people i met as far as hollywood people go. is he nice oh he's fucking awesome yeah cool dude right. stoner greatest storyteller you'd ever want to hang out with but my buddy sam and i buddy buddied up with him because he was just we were all hanging out on set all day like what the fuck are you gonna do it's not like he had any cool sh- hollywood shit to do he's stuck in odessa texas shooting a movie as well right and so we'd end up hanging out with him a lot and we'd go to his trailer after they after they wrapped every night and we'd smoke a joint with them uh-huh. and it would be cool because we'd be sitting in there me and sam and a couple of other people would come by you know it was like a little crew wanted to hang out with billy bob yeah and uh we'd smoke some joints and have a beer or something and then at some point there'd be a knock on the door and he'd be like well fellas i love you but you need to get the fuck out of my house and the door would kick open and it'd be like this 22 year old like super hot asian supermodel oh really yeah and he's like shoes us out he knew that what that was fuck yeah who was she his girlfriend at the time oh his girlfriend at the time yeah like he like he like she like every night she'd come through and it'd be you know fucking billy bob time yeah and like it was like a routine we knew we'd get to hang out with billy bob we'd have we'd have our craft services dinner whatever our catered dinner we'd go smoke a jay and have a beer with billy bob and then he'd kick us the fuck out when his hot girlfriend got there that's awesome. But he's a cool dude. That's a fun experience to have. He was cool. Cool. Can't say anything bad about Billy Bob. Good dude. Big ups, Billy Bob. Love you, guy. Yeah, he seems all right. He's all right. Did yeah. you think after that, were you like, okay, well, this is going to be, this is going to start my trajectory in Hollywood? Or were you, did you have any expectations? Not at all. No? Not at all. Why not? I would. I'd be like, all right, well, this is, I'm going to get Billy Bob's email. Because it was nothing. And I wasn't going to contact Billy Bob after that. And I'm sure he wouldn't want to hear from me. Of course not. <laughs> like, no. no, that was it. No. Nope. I don't have any story to tell about how I got back to Hollywood and kicked it with the guy. No. All right, no, so you had no expectations of that. No, no. I was just happy that I was getting paid and I was able to hang out with my parents. Okay. And they gave me a hotel room and I used that hotel room as the booze locker. Right. Because I stayed with my parents, you know, I wanted to kick it with my parents. I couldn't afford to visit them living in LA. Right. So this was a good golden opportunity to hang out with my family. My mom and dad are cool. I love my mom and dad. Right. I fucking love them to death. I uh-huh. stay with my mom and dad anytime, every opportunity I get. So I asked for like, I would have checked into the hotel. I'm like, how many keys? You know, they're like, how many keys would you like? Right. And I was like, 20. Yeah. <laughs> and they gave them to me. And my room was like the booze locker. So you'd, you'd key into that room. And it's just like, it looks like leaving Las Vegas. Like, yeah. Bottles of booze everywhere. There might be a mirror with some fucking powdery residue on it, a tray with some like joint, you know. Paraffin. Who are you partying with, dude? The whole fucking movie crew was a bunch of druggies, bro. Peter, yeah. Peter Berg was fucking shit hammered by four p.m. every day on set. Yeah. Yeah. You'd get near him and you'd be like, "Wow, it was crazy." It was a bunch of fucking party animals. So was that like the highlight of your Hollywood career? 
Uh, I didn't have a Hollywood career. <laughs> How was that experience? You were there for five years? I was there for five years. Okay. And then did you give did up after five years? I yeah, absolutely. I think okay. I, I think I I don't know if I ever even fully committed. Would you? Oh, I mean, I was like, I don't know. I, I it's hard to explain. It's all kind of a blur. I was so young, like I turned twenty one in Hollywood. Yeah, you know, like I experienced New Year's. Come on, Lena. Yeah, that's my cat. Yeah, uh, I experienced New Year's of ninety nine to two thousand in L A. Like underage. Yeah. Or maybe I was just 21 or something, but I certainly couldn't afford to go out to a bar and buy a bunch of beers. Right. And it was just like, I don't know, man. It was a weird time in my life. I wasn't... Uh, what was the plan? Well, the plan was to go out there and get famous, of course. Who'd you want to be? <sighs> honestly, don't know. I honestly don't fucking know. I, I look back on that time in my life and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. You've got no idea? I and, and To this day, I don't really feel like I had any idea what the fuck I was doing with my life until I was like 34. Okay. I, I've been a shitless loser my entire life. Didn't you? I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Yeah, but I've like when I think when I went out there, I think what I wanted to do was I wanted to like work Are you an on. an actor? Um, I see. I didn't commit to anything because I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to have a goal because I was afraid of not reaching it. So, so I didn't really have one. So were you doing comedy at the time? Uh, I did some. I think well, I did improv classes and I did stand up a little bit. Not much, though. I probably did stand up. I was out there eight months, probably did it four times while I was out there. How long? How old were you at the time? I was 23. And you're now? I'm 27. So this was not that long ago. Not that long ago. Wow. Yeah, I turned 24 there. But it was mainly I went out there. Uh, I think, yeah, I don't know. Whatever it was, I wanted to get into it i wanted to be important and i wanted to figure out how to do that but it was i don't know it i it, it forced me to figure out how am i going to get what i really want and it made me kind of come to terms with the fact that i got to think about what i want to do yeah and what is going to get me to a place where i can do what i want to do because this i can't be broke yeah i hate this i think now that you mention it now that i hear about your experience yeah a, it seems like you got a better head on your shoulders at a younger age than I did. B, I think I just wanted to get the fuck out of Odessa, Texas. What's wrong with Odessa? It's where I grew up. It's just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I hate my hometown. I mean, I love my parents and I love like yeah. some people there, but like, yeah, same with me. I love, right. I, like, I, 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 Odessa, Texas is a shithole. Right. It's a terrible place. It's yeah. a fucking oil filled town. Mm-hmm. It's a wasteland. There's no trees. It's a desert. It's ugly. There's no culture. Yeah. I love many, 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 many people there, and I visit every chance I get, but I certainly just wanted to get the fuck out of there. And I think I thought LA is as big as it gets. Right. I'm into movies. I'm into comedy. I'm into funny things and entertainment things. And I'll I was, figure it out. Yeah. And I yeah. was a theater kid in school. You know what I mean? I grew up in the theater and shit. So I'll just go to LA. Yeah. And everything will be better. It'll all work out. Yeah. And yeah. The, and lo and behold, it's an expensive place to live. And I had no means. Right. I had no talent. I had no means. I had no plan to get any money. Right. I'd never been to college. I mean, I went to college and fucking dropped out. Yeah. Um, because once again, I just wanted to get out of my hometown. That was the reason why I went to college too. Yeah. And then I was like, college is not for me. I'm fucking shitless. Yeah. So I'm just going to go to LA and become famous. That's the easy thing to do. That's the fucking. Right. You know, like at the time at 20, 20 years old or whatever I was. Yeah. I was ambitious as fuck. I just had no talent 
and no real plan. Yeah, it takes, I don't know, you gotta, I think a plan is so important. Like ambition is very important, but you can work very hard and not very smart. And I've seen that happen a lot. And I am actually a treadmill worker. Yeah. I'm one of those people that can work and work and work and go nowhere. Yeah. Because I just don't have a plan. Right. I just don't know what the hell I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, I was pretty fucking lazy. And I became a pothead in LA. Yeah. Uh, and I'm That's not, a real motivation killer. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's... I agree with you. Yeah. But if you have your shit together already... You can become a pothead and it's not a motivation killer. You can That's be, my thought on yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's the same thing with alcohol too. Yeah. Any sort of vice you have. It can be Netflix. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If you are good at time management, yeah. you'll be fine. Yep. But if you're not good at time management, it'll kill you. I am you won't still do a pothead now. Yeah. And I have a great career. I make a lot of money. Right. Not a lot. No, I didn't mean to say that. You said it. I make normal person money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could make, like, yeah. I make grown ass man money now. Yeah. But I'm a pothead. Right. When I was a fucking young pothead, it did. It was a motivation. It was a kill, a motivation killer. Right. But now, now, because it's a reward. I know how to manage it. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's adulthood, man. I, I work. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's total adulthood. It's yeah. like I work a long day now and I get off work and I fucking get high. Right. And I get up the next day and I'm fucking raring to go. Fucking yep. get to work and do my thing. I love my shit. And you need, uh, you need to indulge. Yeah, I you agree. You need to like, because I know people that I'm like, oh, you're at the point where, yeah, you're very prolific and you're doing good stuff, but you're going to blow your brains out in two years because you're not taking a second to just decompress or you're taking like ambient to go to sleep yeah dude smoke a joint you fucking idiot like what's the matter with you yeah or i mean i don't know you're yeah either way though figure out the maybe it is ambient i don't know figure out the formula though. what works for you whatever <laughs> works for you but <laughs> yeah. make sure you're not make sure you're balanced enough to enjoy your life but also get where you want to go in life agreed. agreed you know yeah when and did it, you realize when did you come to <clears throat> when did you come to terms with being understand that you didn't want to be like broke anymore and you wanted a, a good ass job, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I worked, I moved, I moved from Los Angeles to Austin, Texas because I was like, this isn't working out. And okay. I, 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 I ended Oh yeah. I had sex with two girls now that I think about it because <laughs> over five years, over five years, because the, uh, the last one was my girlfriend for quite some time. Okay. And we broke up in LA. Mm-hmm. And uh, I it, it ironically didn't feel like the town was big enough for the two of us kind of thing. Uh, I was just like, I'm, I haven't seen, I, I want to be closer to my family. You know, I really, like I said, I really do like my parents. Yeah. I, I have a brother who's a little older than me that I like a lot. And I was like, I'd really like to be in Texas. And everybody that I know from my hometown who bailed out of Odessa went to Austin and they say, it's great. Yeah. This was like 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to go to Austin. I'm going to try this out. Fuck this chick. I'm out. Yeah. And I uh, moved to Austin and it was great. It's a cool town. And um, I was valley parking cars for like seven years. Not a bad job. Really. It's, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like you make waiter money, but you're running all the time. And the thing that started to really grind on me eventually was that like every night I'm working, I'm, these cars are pulling up and I'm opening these doors with these cute young ladies getting out of the car. Okay. And I'm like, I want to go on a date on Friday night. 
You okay? Because you're busy every Friday. I worked every Friday. You wanted Saturday to be night. getting out of the car with the I started, girl. Exactly. Yes. I started feeling like I want to be on the other side of the situation. I don't want to open these doors anymore and drive these cars and run for these cars. But it was it was easy money and yeah. you know whatever. But eventually, I was like, dude, I'm 34 years old. I need to start trying to make some money with my brain if my brain is worthwhile. Yeah. If my brain is could be profitable. I really need to stop doing this. So That's, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I get that. You gotta, you gotta figure out how to be marketable in a way and utilize some sort of skill or talent that you have. Yeah. Otherwise, it's you know, there's no trajectory up. I knew guys, the, yeah. that were valet parking cars that were 51 years old, and I looked at those guys and went, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, and nothing against those guys. They were great guys. Right. And maybe they loved what they were doing and maybe yeah. it was a fit for them. You know that's what I mean? their life. Absolutely. And yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't criticize that or, or, or down on that at all, but I knew that wasn't for me. Uh-huh. I felt like there's something else I can do. I have some talents. If nothing else, I have total balls and fearlessness in front of people. Yeah. And that's what my job is based on now. That's right. all. I just had to figure out a way to angle that talent right. towards something. And, uh, and the, you know, doing stand-up comedy is just a, uh, an extension of that. I'm no good at that, but it's fun for me. You know, it's just a, oh, it's, man. It's a gag. It's like bowling. Like I said before, it's like yeah. just what I get together with my buddies and do. So I was like, I need a better job. So at that point, I went and got that better job. And like, now everything's fine. Right. But it took me a long time to get, to my, sh- get my shit together. And like, my mom's even told me like, yeah, like the whole time you were young, you were, you were the rebel. You were the one that was always fucking getting caught doing dirty shit, you know, as a kid, like doing drugs and smoking pot. Your brother was always your daddy's little fucking angel. Yeah. And my brother still works with my dad. They run a business together. Like that was my dad and my brother were the tight shit. And I was like the total black sheep, like the total rebel, the total get the fuck out of town and go to L.A. and fuck my whole life off. Was there something there where you were like, well, I don't need you guys? No, I just got I just hated Odessa. I just hated my hometown so much. What was wrong with it? It's a shithole. What bums you out about it? I'll tell you what bums out me about my hometown. What? No trees. It's literally a desert. I'm not kidding. Is that really it, though? Have you seen the Wile E. Coyote cartoons? That's my hometown. Is that what bummed you out about it? Uh, mine is it also bummed me out that there was no culture there. I love theater. I love performance. I love music. And there's none of that in my hometown. My hometown is an oil town, yeah. meaning that the people there work in the oil business. They call them roughnecks. And they drive big trucks and they snort cocaine and they hoot and holler and they get in fights. And that's not me at all. I'm a nice guy. I'm a lover. Yeah. I'm a peaceful dude. I don't fuck around with that kind of shit. And but so does your, did your like dad and brother, were they? No, they weren't either. They were, but they were both like. Uh, Content with it? They were both fine. Yeah. I mean, that's that those guys were their employees and still okay. are to this day. You know right. what I mean? So they're milking those dudes for the, for the labor. Dude, there's something. Yeah. You can't, some people are just, they, that's that, that's their life. They're yeah. just like, dude, I, this is familiar. This mm-hmm. is comfortable. And it sounds like I'm disparaging them because no, I not. am though. But, but, but I am though, because it's like I don't, they don't understand. They don't give a fuck it. about you. No, they don't care at all. You know all. what I mean? Yeah, I do know. <laughs> I know. They're like, hey, man, they're probably happier than me. So <laughs> who knows? Take that. Yeah. Yeah. Happiness is is a is a is a weird thing. Like, who knows where it comes from? Oh, dude. Yeah. That's that. I mean, if you can find your niche in life and just 
nail it and just like love every day. Yeah. You got it. If I could have been happy being a roughneck working on an oil rig, yeah. I would have been born in the fucking zone. Right. You know what I mean? I do. So it's like I wasn't born in the fucking zone for you me. You had to dream. I had to dream and I had to find right. the zone and it wasn't easy. Right. Um, but now it's like, fuck, actually it, it all kind of, it, it's, it's the weirdest thing when you think about life, like everybody's got their little journey, but yeah. it feels like everybody just, unless you just had some crazy radical shit and you ended up in prison or you ended up dead young, everybody just eventually finds where they're supposed to be at to a certain extent, you know? And it's just like, not everybody maybe, like you s- oh. but I mean, you gravitate toward it eventually. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? You, you, you find it. It may take you a long, it took me fucking over three decades. Right. You know, but here I am and I'm fucking super content with my life now. It took a while. Yeah. You just got to ride it. I think that's interesting because you just got to ride it out and have faith that you, you do get there. Right. But having faith isn't enough. Sometimes you actually have to put in some fucking work. Oh yeah. You need, you need to do a lot of, um, I have to pee. Is that okay? Yeah. Go for it. Cool. Yeah. I'll leave a little note where we are. I'm gonna grab a beer too. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to... So you didn't tell me why you hated your hometown. I oh. told you why I hated my hometown. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's, cool, cool. Let's, let's divert. What What is your hometown called? It's in Indiana. It's in Indiana. It's called Warsaw, Indiana. Okay. And Warsaw, I, like Poland. Exactly. Exactly like Poland. Got it. And it's cool. But the thing about it is, I've been there. It's familiar. To me, the town is dead. All right? To me. Mm-hmm. To everyone else, I get it. It's cool. It's just a town, man. It's a yeah. nice town, too. Yeah. But to me, I go there. I drive on the same places. It's, I've never, I loved being there. I loved high school. I love, I have good friends that still live there. I like going home, visiting my family. But when I drive around there, and if I'm there for more than three days, I get very anxious. Because to me, it just, it's something where I'm like, this is it. This part of my life is over. Mm -hmm. It's dead I can't, it feels like I'm going back in time and like I'm going back in life. Like you're regressing. Regressing. It's like, dude, you've already, not like I've conquered it, but like this level's over. Mm -hmm. There's new stuff to experience and this, you've experienced the shit out of this town, man. You lived here for 20 years. Yeah. It's over to spend more than three days there in a time, you know? And if I'm there, if I'm just like, I need to be around my mom and my dad because that's the only good use of time there now. Yeah. Because everyone's gone. So that, for that reason, I'm like, I got to be careful because I've experienced the shit out of that town. It's like I've drained it dry for all it has to offer. Yeah. That's why I hate it. It's funny because I feel the exact same way about my hometown. Yeah. And like what you were saying that you're there for three days and you kind of feel anxious and like, Mm -hmm. I'm exactly the same way in my hometown. I get there and I'm like, oh, it's so good to see everyone here. And, you know, mom, dad, it's great quality time. Let's yeah. have dinner. Let's hang out. And like two or three days later, I'm just like, I'm ready to get fucked back home. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I just, and it, it doesn't feel like home anymore. It feels like my hometown. Yeah. And I feel the exact same way about it. I can totally relate. I'm like this, I've leveled up. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm saying like I'm better than this. It's saying it's this is just over for me. Oh, my apartment is significantly shittier than my parents' home. Oh, sure, sure. But I still want to come back here. This is still home. My cat's here. I've got beer in the fridge. Your cat's awesome. She's great. I love her. Love of my life. Yep. But, I mean, yeah, but that's part of it, though. It's yeah. 
it's and also my parents' home in like that town. Very comfortable. How big is that town? Mm, like twenty thousand or something like that. Oh, this is a small place. Yeah, it's not big. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's that. Is it near a big city? Is it like a part of a metro area? Or is it just even. in the middle of fucking nowhere? It's kind of just like this weird. It's got some sort of industry there. It's so boring. I don't even want to talk about it. But <laughs> it's one of those things. But it's that it is comfortable too. Yeah. It's childhood. I'm regressing to childhood when I go visit. Well, That's see, what it is. I went through this weird phase too, where being a shitless adult for a long time, like I would visit my hometown. Mm-hmm. from wherever I was and like I would mm-hmm. avoid my parents and like attempt to like party with my old friends who oh, were still gosh. stuck there and that was just a fucking endless that was just a, a road that's to nowhere that's the worst thing you can do it, it is you're exactly right well, it depends if your friends do. have like grown up and like have like done new things and have wives and stuff then it's like oh cool you're out doing but it's like let's get drunk yeah Let's drink alcohol until we feel sick. Let's go to that fucking, that new bar in town oh, that's gosh. that's just a total piece of shit that you shouldn't even attend. Don't drag me to a new bar. And let's go, yeah, and let's go, like, try to pick up some fucking girls in, like, cowboy jeans. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's, it's it was bad. Yeah. So, like, now it's like I truly have a desire to go, like, see my parents and hang out with them, spend time. Oh, it's all about, I mean, I do yeah. have, I had some friends that lived in Warsaw, and I'd always hang out with them. Yeah. Because they're my, like, day once, I got to. But now yeah. they're all gone. So, whenever I'm there, I'm like. There's nothing there but the fam. It's just mom and dad. So, yeah. I just, like, get quality time in with mom and dad. Yeah. The only reason I'm there. Yeah. You know. How long of a drive is it? It's like, three, it's about four hours. Total. Easy peasy. Yeah, it's not bad. Seven hours to my family. Yeah. Not crossing any state lines. But that's oh, Texas. Man. Yeah. <laughs> that's but Texas. Yeah, you gotta you gotta make that time count. Cause it is it's I don't know, you're probably like me where you can't you can't like I don't know. I just feel like life's you gotta experience stuff, you gotta stay long enough to experience it. Yeah. But life's gotta change. New things have to be entering your life. When things become like if I'm at a job too long and the job doesn't change, there aren't new dynamics to the job. If it feels like it's not, if like every day becomes very similar to the last, it's gonna grind you down like a motherfucker. Well, and it's just not fun. Yeah. I wanna be uncomfortable. I wanna be out of my comfort zone. Yeah. I wanna just to be weird. Otherwise, I'll, it's, you're slowly dying. If every yeah. day, if it's just the same old shit and you're like, I'm complacent, complacency is what is just, it will kill you. Agreed. Agreed. That's why I love my job. I like to say at my job, I'm mentally challenged every day. Yeah, dude. I know that's a term that people use for like people with like, you know, developmental problems. Yeah. But I think that, I think that, I think of that as a good term. Like being mentally challenged every yeah. day of my life oh, yeah. is healthy as fuck for me. Right. And my job is always different. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. This It's project to project. So every project's a different thing. So it's never the same. I'm not punching a clock and going in and, oh God, I'm pushing a button all day or whatever. It's like very different. Right. So that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. what keeps me like, oh yeah, I'm 38 years old and like, most people I meet are like, you feel, you got like a 26 year old feel to you. And I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Cause I don't have any kids. I don't have any, I've never been married or anything. I yeah. don't have any student debt. I drive a 50 year old car every day. You don't have any weight. I don't the have any weight. weight. Of no baggage. The world. No baggage. Yeah. No herpes. It's, yeah. You know, it's great. Way to go. So it's like, I, I, you I know why you don't have herpes. Cause I never got laid. Cause you lived in LA. <laughs> <laughs> 
wasn't a problem. <laughs> See, the, the, in retrospect, that was probably a good thing. There you go. If I went to if I went to LA and just crushed puss the whole time, oh yeah, I'd probably be you know I'd be in worse shape. Be in debt. Yeah. Yeah. HIV positive. Yeah. You'd you be know? dead. I'd be dead. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's a good thing I'm ugly and broke. It's it was you know now yeah. I'm just ugly with with uh, an income. There you. Go. I'll take and that, it. And I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. I'll take it. It's fine. It's fine. No, that's uh. Yeah, I, I I feel you on that. I'm trying to think what I was going to go back to. But yeah, I think that that sort of mentality is... Oh, here's what I was going to say. Looking at a clock. Crack it, baby. I don't care. I wasn't people trying to like, be quiet People like it. the noise. Yeah. I'm just so weak that yeah. it took me... Okay, <laughs> you're just like wearing it down, <laughs> losing it up. Uh, yeah, no, but I think ultimately I don't look at a clock. I don't... That's like when I used to work just like Jimmy John's, Papa John's, all these like restaurants and stuff. When you're like looking at a clock and waiting for your shift end, if you're like, dude, you're looking at a clock hoping less of your life is on the other side. Yep. What the fuck are you doing? You're like looking, you're like, man, am I closer to death yet? Yeah. Because I'm tired of experiencing this part of your life. If you hate your job, if you're like, if you could snap your fingers and be a little more dead to be done with your job, dude, make changes to be, to like get a different job. I know shit. Look at the clock now at my job and I'm like, fuck, it's two. I thought it was 1245. I wish I could crank that fucker back a little bit. Yeah. It's the exact opposite now. Right. Than when I was like parking cars. Yeah. Now it's like, I wish I had more time in the day. Yeah. Because I'm really enjoying what I have to do and I have so much of it to do. Right. That like, I'm like, fuck, man. I wish I had a 40 hour day so I could work 36 of it, you know, because I really dig it now. And like, it's a, you know, I, there's, everything's in my hands. Mm-hmm. Every job I've ever had in my life, it's like, I'm in someone else's hands. I'm being handled. I'm doing their shit for them. Yeah. Now it's like, here's your project. Do it. Right. And I'm like, this is my shit. And like, I want to make it great. And I wish I had yeah. more hours in the day to do it. You know? Exactly. So yeah, that, you need that's when you know better. you're in a good spot. Yeah. You know? Something you can like take pride in. Yeah. And that's really what it's all about. It's being proud of what you do and saying, hey, this is on me. Yeah. And it's self-worth, man. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's about like, no, I've, I can get some sort of validation through what I'm doing. Yeah. And honestly, I wish I had more time to do it because I'm proud of it and I want it to be good. Yeah. And, I, and, and I'm finally there. Yeah. Took 35 years. Dude, that's you got there, man. I got there. Thirty-five years. Who cares? Who cares? Exactly. Like that doesn't. The thing is, is like I. It's like I. I um didn't make any of the like major mistakes. What are your What are major mistakes? Like knocking a girl up that I didn't. That I did knocking a girl up that I'm not in love with. You know what I mean? The first answer on the board of Family Feud is knocking a girl up. Yeah. Ding 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 ding. What's number two? Uh, number two, jail, jail, prison, a bit, you know, a lengthy, a lengthy sentence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Never been there. Been arrested once. Yeah. Drunk driving. Okay. 17 years old. Ooh. Haven't been arrested since I learned my fucking lesson. That's, I mean, I mean, you're 17. I was 17, man. And I was the fucking mental. I was nine mentally. Yeah. And now I'm 38 and I'm 26 mentally, maybe 22. Yeah, I play that's so far in the I, past. I play. It's great. I get to play. Even on like, you know, vacation or 
work trip uh i get to play yeah and it's fun so yeah it's just like that kind of thing it's like i i can't imagine like my brother god bless him great guy divorced with two kids mm-hmm. it sucks yeah. i mean you know it, 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 he loves his kids and i love his kids and that's great whatever and he's but but at the same time it's like it's a fucking fucked up situation you know it sucked for him to have to go through that yeah and he's going to go through it for the rest of his life because he's no longer married or in love with this chick right but they have two offspring that they have to manage now between that kind of broken relationship and like thank god i didn't do that you know yeah but dude i think there's something to be i'm just being devil's advocate i live in this dump and i've never had a girlfriend (laughs) uh there's something to be said to just going all in and taking a risk. I agree. I agree. Rather than living on the surface without really sinking your, you know what I mean? Whatever yeah. it may be, whether it be like student loans or getting a wife or having a kid or yeah. like starting a business or something, being like, well, these next 20 years are going to be whatever sort of amount of time. There's something to be said being like, well, hey, I tried. Yeah. You know? No, I agree with you. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that he should have any regrets or he should feel like he made mistakes, Mm -hmm. but he does have to carry the pain of. It's a good point. His wife leaving him. Right. And he didn't make that choice. She did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was one of those things. It wasn't like we mutually decided to split up because we thought, no, it's like she bailed. Yeah. And he's got two kids and that, she's not around you know like yeah it's it's rough and and i certainly believe that he's found or will find total happiness within that maybe not total but happiness within that nonetheless i on the other hand might miss out on what could potentially have been a great experience in my life having not ever done that and Mm -hmm. you know what i'm still open to that experience right i would still I, i would not sit here in front of you, a complete stranger who I barely know, and lie yeah. and say, I'm never having kids. I said that at 17. I'm not right. saying that at 38. Yeah. I'm I'm in touch with reality. Like, I could be a father. I could fucking do that now. Yeah. I make father money now. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I also like to play. Right. But I feel like the, the, the relationship and the fatherhood could spring forth from playing at some point. You know what I mean? Yep. So you never know when it's going to happen. You don't plan that shit. And I've lived long enough to know that planning that shit is a lost cause. You just have to, it just is. You can plan to have a kid. No, you can plan to have a kid. What I'm saying is you can't plan to find the mom. You can't, I can't just be on OkCupid. Like I'm on here to find a wife that I can have babies with. That's dumb. That's fucking dumb. That's it. Well, I don't I could stumble ass backwards into husbandhood and fatherhood. The same way I stumbled ass backwards into my current career that I love. Yeah, but I'm going to say, at least maybe I'm too hopeful, but I think having a plan and then opening yourself up to it and being actively pursuing whatever it may be. Maybe it's a career. Maybe it's a wife. Maybe it's having a kid. Maybe it's a business and being like, I'm going to plan. I'm going to do this. Maybe in right now, I'm looking for a wife. And you're actively like meeting people and going on dates and stuff. But that doesn't work for me. It could. It could. But what I'm saying is like every time I've been like actively pursuing, like I need to get a woman. I need to get laid. I need to get a relationship. It's, 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 it's falls flat. It doesn't work for me. I fall into a relationship or 
a piece of ass or whatever have you mm-hmm. when it's like not the first priority and I'm just being me. I'm just doing Mark. You know what I mean? I do. I don't, I, do. I, I don't, and, and that's me. I'm not saying that's across the board for everybody. Yes. But I'm saying I can fixate on something and actually push it away because of my fixation yeah. rather than inviting it, right? It's that whole desperation thing. Like people can smell desperation. Yes. And it's like, it, it, it's, if I'm like out at the bar and I'm like, I'm getting laid tonight. I, I learned long ago that that's the wrong fucking you should, There's an episode you should listen to. Can you turn <laughs> your mic a little bit this way? Like that way. Twist it. There you go. Perfect. Cool. Is that better? Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It got bumped and I just didn't want this to be all like oh, messed I was, up. Oh, because I was, you know, gesture. I gesture yeah, 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 a lot. Yeah, yeah, You're very, <laughs> yeah, I get you. I'm animated. Yeah. But um, no, I get what you're saying. And that's, I yeah, desperation's bad. It's bad. On any level. If you're like, I need, if it's, I'm just saying from the level of being open to it Mm -hmm. and saying, you know, I'm going to make steps where I'm going to put myself in positions where this could happen. Yeah. But definitely desperation where you're like, this needs to happen. I'm taking all appropriate measures to make sure somebody. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or whatever. If it's sex, it's like somebody has sex with me. I'm going to put on this cologne. I'm going to clean my apartment. Everything's going to be fine. And someone, yeah. Then it's like, whoa, dude, maybe you got like coming out of your eyeballs. That's a Ray and Barnacle (laughs) quote, but that's what we were talking about. It's just like these people that you can just smell it. It's just like for whatever reason, Yeah. this dude needs to either whatever get calm, married calm down yeah i mean if, if if i become fixated on something um it can be a really good thing yeah you know what i mean like i do i become fixated on you know it's the motivation whatever it's it's the motivation like yeah. it, we, i become fixated on something and it could be a really positive thing because like say like oh i'm fixating on on getting a better job or i'm fixated on getting uh whatever f- building this fence in my backyard because my yeah. backyard's not fenced in and i have a dog i'm gonna build this fucking fence and i build the fence and i finish it and i'm like god damn that's a good looking fence yeah and i've built like three fences in my life now i'm very right. proud of it i'm not much of a carpenter but i can build a goddamn fence yeah and like the last three houses i've rented haven't had fences and i just got money from the owner to build a fence yeah and became fixated on it and it was great but there's certain things i can become fixated on and it's just a it's just a it's not. It's butt fuckery. It's just not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I'm just like, I'm going out tonight, I'm going to hit the bar and I'm going to get laid. Guess yeah. what? I might get laid. It might be a terrible experience. Yeah. It might be an absolute disaster with a girl that I don't find attractive. Right. And then it's like in retrospect, it's like, why was I fixated on that? Yeah. That wasn't healthy. That wasn't productive. That didn't get me anywhere. So well, it's like the, it's the place that's the mental place you come from. Yeah. If you're like, I'm, I want to build a fence because this is something I need to do something creative. I need to create yeah. a fence and I want to express myself through this fence versus I feel bad about myself. And if someone has sex with me, that will validate me as a person because someone was willing to let me penetrate them. Yeah. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. That's not unhealthy. Unhealthy. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So fixation can be healthy or unhealthy depending on, as you said, your attitude, what you're doing with it. Right? What are you trying to get from exactly this fixation? Exactly. You know? So like it's, it's in, uh, in uh, being a 38 year old man now having 
you know, having having had no real shortage of sex in my life, except for the five years in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, nice brag, by the way. <laughs> nice, like, low-key brag. <laughs> having no shortage of sex. I know I said that earlier, but then. Well, the reason why I say that is because I grew up in Odessa where there's only two things to do. Get drunk and fuck. Yeah. And everybody makes both of those mistakes on a constant basis, right? So... I don't have to be fixated on that anymore. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't have to worry about that anymore. Why not? Um, because I, I think... You, why, were, why were you worried about it before? Because I was just a fucking confused, horny person. Like, I felt like, that, once again, like you said, validation. You okay. Know? I'm, I'm fully self-validated now. Okay. Um, I'm just like in a zone where I'm like, okay, everything's fine. Everything's okay. I don't need anything. I'm not elated. I'm not depressed. Like, yeah. I'm one of those people, like, I've never taken my highs too high. I've never taken my lows too low. I can honestly say I've never had a bout of depression in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm just one of those guys who's very on the just normal, like, level. And, the, and, and I mean that in a great way. Yeah. It's awesome. Slow burn. Slow burner. Just, mm-hmm. you know, it's all good. So, like, I don't really, I'm not really, like, a walking hard on anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm not... Uh, I'm not fixated on anything anymore. Like I really like what I do professionally. Yeah. But I also like also have enough money now to pursue some little hobbies. Like I said, I drive a 50 year old car every day. I work on it myself, Mm -hmm. get my fucking hands greasy and my elbows deep in the fucking carburetor and whatnot. And like, Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's cool. It's like, I don't, I just kind of, it's easy going. Like I, I will let my social life take me where it takes me by just being myself and being a nice dude. Yeah. That's it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. it's fun it's great yeah. just like coming here i'm visiting cincinnati right now i go and hang out with the stand-up comics because i know that there'll be some kindred spirits mm-hmm. in the building that you know we can talk about stuff because stand-up comics are really good about being completely blatant about who they are and mm-hmm. what they do maybe not all of them I'm not trying to generalize but we we do get on stage and kind of yeah spill it all so um, I like that. And I just like, kind of like that vibe. It's just like, like I said, it's like my good old boys club. It's just yeah. something fun to do. It's a nice way to like, I don't know. It's a cool way to like connect with people and be, you know, find a way to meet people in a community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I have to yeah. have friends, right? Like I have to, even when I'm in a city traveling and I'm by myself, you know, staying in a hotel room by myself, there's absolutely no way based on who I am as a person yeah. that I could just get off work and go to my hotel room and just watch TV. I don't, I fucking can't do that. I can't yeah. watch TV. I don't, I don't do that. I just don't. That's not my thing. Right. I, I'm just too antsy a person. I can't just go to my hotel room. And be like, I'm going to watch Netflix for four hours. Yeah. Before I, no, it just doesn't work for me. I have to go interface with human beings. Right. There's no way around it. That's what I have to do to maintain my sanity. And it's easy now that I'm comfortable with myself and I'm okay with what I'm doing. Right. It's super easy. And like, I feel like I find what I'm looking for in the world now. If that makes sense. Explain. Like since I've been in Cincinnati, for instance, okay. I've had nothing but amazing fucking positive interactions with everybody I've met here. Okay. Honestly, that's not lip service to Cincinnati. I'm just, I don't care. I don't like this town. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter, but I really have had a great fucking time since I've been here. Mm-hmm. 
and and just made a lot of friends. I literally have. Like the other day when you and Alec ran into me at Urban Artifact, yeah, those three people I was sitting with were just Cincinnatians that I've met since I've been here. We're just hanging out because my natural instinct is like, I get off work, I got to go find some people to talk to. I can't. That's, yeah. Is that weird? No, but it is, it's, um, it, comes from a life of living out of your comfort zone if you can i think a lot of people would like to be more gregarious would like to engage more with people yeah but it's scary it's a challenge for them it's a challenge for me not to do it do you find yourselves ever do you ever find yourself on the end of like man maybe it would be nice to just maybe my maybe this night would be better if i just kind of stayed at home and like read a book this night, stayed, sorry, stayed at my hotel and read a book rather than go out. Do you know what I mean? On that other end of the spectrum sure. where you're like, dude, this would be way more healthy for me. I think that's but I'm happened, afraid of it. I think that's happened twice Okay, since I've been here in three weeks. I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. I just, I'm just too antsy to do that. Yeah. I'm just too, I at least need to run somewhere when I get off work right. and have a snack or, or, or something and like, yeah. talk to somebody yeah if i can get a little bit of conversation in with somebody and chat with somebody maybe i can go all right i'm gonna call it an early night tonight and get in bed really early okay you just and need human connection i need some human connection it's just it's just who i am and i and i don't know why it's that way but it's always been that way yeah and uh i can't like it would be a very very probably impossible feat for me to spend five days going home from work going to the hotel and just staying in my room because i don't watch tv Mm -hmm. like and i'm not saying that in a pretentious way i think tv is cool i just don't watch traditional tv like they have in the hotel room i can't watch commercials i can't do it i can't be advertised to i just fucking i sit there and overanalyze i'm like i'm watching forensic files which by the way is a great fucking show i love it you do watch tv right you got shows dog i try yeah but here's what happens i turn on forensic files and I can't get through like one story because I start overanalyzing why those commercials are on that show. And what I've realized is that like for forensic files, all the commercials are for prescription drugs, cosmetic procedures, and like cars. Yeah. Like it seems like the people that watch those shows are the people they're angling the advertising to are people who are very insecure. Yeah. And so I'm not. So when I watch that advertising, I'm like, who are these people that are watching this show? But more importantly, who are these people who are angling this advertising? Like, I literally start wondering, like, what are these boardrooms like? Are there people that are like, their job is to like figure out who watches forensic files and what their insecurities are and how to market to them? This is why you don't watch TV. It's, uh, uh, yeah, I just, I just get to where I'm just like, this is fucking stupid. Like I get angry and I turn it off and I just go to bed. It's weird. That is weird. But I like the TV part. I like the TV part. Like, I want to watch forensic files. I want to watch them, like, swab cum stains on an oven in a kitchen and, like, find a murderer. I love watching a person swab a cum stain. It's amazing. Like, I think that's cool. But the commercials boggle my mind to the point where I can't stop overthinking it. Yeah. And it's weird. It's just, I don't know. It's just bizarre. You might have OCD. I might have OCD. You're right. right. How did the cum get on the oven? How, you know? how do you remember how didn't it get on the oven i you know what i'm saying <laughs> all right <laughs> because it got everywhere all right <laughs> i haven't seen that show 
Sounds I hot, wasn't, though. I, I, I pulled that out of the hat. Nice. I, don't, I don't know if that was an actual uh, episode. I get you. <laughs> uh, no, this has been great, man. Uh, do you have anything that you'd want to tell anyone, like, specifically, where you're like, people should know this one thing? doesn't even have to be relevant to, to what we're talking How about How long now. are we going? Like are, an hour. Are we wrapping it up? We are. Nice. Yeah, man. Shit. Keep it tight. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Keep it tight. Yeah. I'm just used to doing my podcast, and this is like right. This is the point where we just start kind of get rolling. Yeah. But you haven't listened to it yet, so you should. I never will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> so no, uh, one thing that people should know about me. Or just uh, about life that you've experienced where you're like this. Some people don't know this, but because someone's going to listen to this podcast. Somebody. Yeah, they might not I have a feeling something. that every comic in Cincinnati is going to listen to this podcast. Yeah, that's not most of the listeners. No? No. Where are the listeners? Everywhere. Most, I think the most listens we get are from like little towns around Seattle and Seattle. Really? Mm-hmm. How, how did that happen? Did you travel there and do comedy or something? I have a lot of friends there. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And then cool. it's kind of spread a little bit. Well, I love that town. That's one thing I'll well, tell you in closing. Seattle's fucking badass. What do you want to tell people in Seattle? Um, I will tell people. I don't really. This is weird. I've never been put on You've the spot had, on a dude, podcast. Well, I mean, it can be anything. I think what okay. I've kind of gleaned from like your experience is just that you should like figure out your passion and try to get it done early and start enjoying your life. I agree. And you I know? think I think I wish that I had figured that out earlier. But at the same time, the journey's the journey, bro. And I'm not going to regret a second of it. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I'll, I will say this mm-hmm. because I, I, I experience a lot of negativity okay. in my life from other people. Yeah. Especially living where I live. I live in a town where people are often hateful towards other towns. I know that sounds weird, but like in Texas, when you live in Austin, yeah. Everybody in Texas is like, fuck Dallas. All these fucking Dallas people moving to Austin. Fucking assholes. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you, why is that your attitude? Do you know anyone from Dallas? Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? It's weird. It's just weird. Like, there's this weird pretension about people who live in Austin. Yeah. Like, like you don't own this town. You're not even from here. Why the fuck are you so high on such a high horse about living in Austin? And, right. And being such a jerk about people from Houston and Dallas and shit. So I think my... My thing that I would like to say that has worked very well for me in my life is fucking be nice. Okay. It's nice being nice. Catch more flies with honey. I honestly think that being nice to people, while obviously it benefits the people you're being nice to, it benefits you tenfold. Yeah. Because it gives you a better attitude and a sunnier disposition and people aren't going to perceive you as being an asshole. Mm-hmm. So especially if you're having a hard time in your life and you're not where you want to be, yeah. be nice. Don't have a negative <sighs> attitude. I, 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 re, I read a study uh, that this is true. Human language is more, most likely to be negative. Like hmm. 60% of the things that come out of people's mouths are negative. 30% are positive and 10% are like neutral. Hmm. So people are more likely to say like, fuck, this weather sucks today. I hate that it's raining. Yeah. But on a sunny day, they're not going to say, oh my God, it's beautiful today. It's gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. So make an effort, make a concerted effort in your life 
to analyze everything you say before it comes out of your mouth and instead of making it negative twist it into being something positive yeah and if you can train yourself to do that Mm -hmm. you're going to be a way happier person and i can tell you that from personal experience yeah because i did that like four years ago i decided to start making an effort to say things positive it may sound fake it may sound like i'm acting or being somebody i'm not yeah but i'm not i'm generally a positive person but it's all about the language you use people don't understand that the language you use defines who you are so try to make it positive interesting yeah i think even disposition wise it can be because i'm very i hate everything yeah but i think most people would describe me as positive because i hate everything but in terms <laughs> you hate of everything equally <laughs> i i mean dude i mean like you said i'm sure if you were to you know do a sentiment analysis on everything i say you'd be like dude this guy is like miserable but the way I say it is I just like to talk shit because I think it's fun. Right, right, right. I just, everything, I want to know what's bad about everything. Shitting on things gives you your sunny disposition. Right. <laughs> it's fun. It's enjoyable. But I do think about in terms of like when I'm interacting with someone, I'm very conscious about how this person's interaction is going to end when they leave me. Yeah. And I want to leave them in a place where I'm like, well, they're better off now than had I not spoken to them. Yeah. And I, you know what? I think you're right. You you may shit on things, mm-hmm. but you probably do it within the context of it being like kind of lightheartedly exactly. funny. Like it is good, but here, you know. Right. And and, and that's yeah. the thing. You're not, even if you're shitting on things, it's, it's, it's about the, it's about the use of language. And if you're like, if you were truly like, fuck, I hate this city, Cincinnati, it makes me want to put a gun in my mouth and kill myself. Right. If you said that, it'd probably be funny and, and people would laugh because you have that vibe. But yeah. like, if, if it came off as like he really means that and people were like concerned about you, right? then you would fucking bum people out. Bad. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point because you're right. I did say I hate this town. Yeah. And I don't hate this town. Of course you don't. It's fine. But I knew I when do, you said it yeah. that you were making a sort of tongue-in-cheek snide kind of joke exactly because you have the resources that if you didn't want to live here you wouldn't exactly so when you say that somewhere and yeah complain i had an innate understanding when you said that that you weren't right actually hating on cincinnati yeah you have a lot of opinions about cincinnati that you can comedically express Yes. That are, you know, they're yours. What that was, was me. Your love letter to Cincinnati is talking about how much you hate it. Probably. Or the people. (laughs) It's the, it's the, what that was, was me, all the like very, I don't know, all the hyperbole used here in Cincinnati about every restaurant and everything from everyone that lives here. That's where that came from. About how great everything is. It was a frustration from everyone saying this town is the greatest city on earth. Yeah. And hearing that from all the homers. And it's like, maybe chill out. Well, that was what I was getting at. Then, okay. Then, since I made that whole fucking diatribe about being positive. Yeah. I'll tell you, I hate Skyline Chili. It's dog food on spaghetti. Go on. I hate Eli's barbecue. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm from Texas, so I I live in the city with the only Michelin-starred barbecue restaurant on earth. Like Franklin Barbecue or something? Yeah. Yeah, I know barbecue. Yeah. Uh, Mexican food here fucking sucks a dick. We have no Mexicans. 
Yeah, That's, we, we only yeah. have Mexicans in Texas, so we have yeah. great Mexican food. I'm from Indiana, and we only have Mexicans. Really? Yeah, and we have wow. great Mexican food. Yeah, we have Texas. People were like, one night, those friends of mine were like, let's go eat tacos. And I was like, fuck, I can eat some tacos. I do yeah. three times a day in Odessa, or in, in Austin. Nope, terrible, disgusting, Django. Yeah. Ugh. What else you got? Uh, this is fun. <laughs> i hate everything so uh yeah the food here i don't like but i will fully admit that if i grew up here i'd probably love skyline chili yeah i'd probably be fine with eli's barbecue yeah i'd probably eat the mexican food here but yeah the mexican food sucks the barbecue sucks the chili sucks but doesn't this feel good <laughs> You know what? I'm happier now than yeah. I was when I was talking about being yeah, positive. Dude. God damn it. Let you taught the, me something, Joey. Run through you, you son of a bitch. Yeah. You're making me join the dark side, bro. Hey, you're happier now. I am happier now. Let it out. I can, I can just hate on this city all you I want. You can have an opinion. I can't have an opinion. Yeah. But those things, I'll fully admit that if I grew up here, I'd probably f- be fine with them. Right. But uh, yeah, just coming here and people are like, Let's, you got to try the chili. Mm-hmm. And I tried it. I'm like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Eat a dick. It tastes better than the chili. Right. And uh, yeah, the barbecue sucks. Oh, you, I did not know. Like I went to Eli's and I got the mac and cheese. Yeah. I did not know you could fuck up mac and cheese that bad. Oh yeah. You told me about that. Like it's terrible. Hey, I like Eli's. Okay. Let's, and I'm They're okay my with neighbors that. too. Actually, you know yeah. what? The ribs are fine. I ate the ribs. They're pretty good. The ribs are really good. I won't fuck around. The ribs are pretty good. The bones were the bones were fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm o I was okay with that. But like the sides were fucked up. That's fair. Only because where I'm from it's completely different. Yeah. Their beans were like sugar. They're like brown sugar. They're very sweet beans. Yeah, yeah. Our beans are like smoky and peppery. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's not so your style. Um, so I, I got some hate in me, yeah, Joey. I just needed someone good. like you to bring it out of me. Yeah, it feels good. It feels really good. Put the darkness in once in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> well, cool, man. This is uh, this has been great. What, yeah, you got to plug everything you got going on. Yeah, thank you for letting me come on the show. Seriously, yeah. it was really nice of you to ask, man. It was yeah, awesome. Of course, man. Especially me being such a shitty open micer piece of shit, and you still being yeah, like, yeah, I was hey, kind of reluctant because I was like, man, this guy. I was kind of basing whether I was going to have you on on your set last night. Monday night. Monday night. No, you already invited me. You fucking committed. I know. And, and I my regretted set it. sucked. <laughs> sucked. It, they tried, all sucked. I tried all that new shit that I was telling you about that was terrible. I think people liked you. But I. But you know what? I realized where I went wrong with that joke. And I think I can fix it. So we'll see what happens in the future. Either way. Doesn't yeah. matter. I don't think everybody. I, I don't think everybody here is fully comfortable laughing at a joke when you start talking about a guy sucking your dick. I think that might have been a problem. Um, Maybe I should make the person in the joke a female. I've got an idea. I know what you're talking about, and I have an idea on that joke. Really? Yeah. I'll tell you after. Yeah, let's do it after. Let's not do it on the show. Because they have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, I agree. Fuck that. Let's not let's not verge into what we were t- discussing at the beginning we didn't want to verge into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we should end on me being on the dark side now, squarely, with Joey Bertoft. Are you going to plug your shit, dude? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plug my shit. It's um, a big opportunity. Yeah, it's a huge opportunity because Spotify sponsors this show. Mm-hmm. So I really want to make sure uh, I get a Casper mattress spot. And I think that this is my springboard for that. I have, the only thing I have to plug is that if you want to, you can listen to my shitty podcast. It's called the Texas Brain Cell Massacre. It's on iTunes. 
And uh, the reason why you should listen to the show is because it's kind of fun because here's how it works. We press record and we start drinking and smoking weed irresponsibly. And we go to Joe Rogan lengths sometimes, three, four hours. And when we get to the point where all of us are over it, we're fucking done. We don't want to talk anymore. We're drunk. We do a wrap up. And for one minute, we talk about what we talked about. So we do a wrap up for one minute. And so we're generally just shouting things like drunken idiots. And we take that one minute of the podcast. We edit it from the end. And that's the opening of the show. So the opening of the show is just a bunch of drunken assholes yelling about what we talked about. And then at the one minute mark, it cuts and it goes, hey, welcome to the Texas Brain Cell Massacre podcast. I'm Mark. And we start. So it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's like Tarantino. You start where, yeah, it it's like is. Memento. It's the Tarantino of podcasts. You, we start where we ended up. And yeah. then you see the path to that drunken, chaotic bullshit. So it's kind of fun. That is kind of cool. That's my plug for the podcast. That's, that's what my podcast is, the Texas Brain Cell Massacre. Dude, it's not bad. I like it. Good times. You know what? I'm going to listen to it. Are you? I am, yeah. You're fucking lying, Joey. Yeah. No, I will. Yeah. I'm kind of excited. I've listened to like four episodes a year, so I think you owe me one. But yeah. one episode of mine is the length of four episodes a year, so you only yeah. owe me one. All right. Send me the best. I will. Okay, cool. I will. I'll link you to it, brother. All right. Well, thanks a lot, man. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. All right. Say goodbye. Adios. Bye.